Hey, my name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm a certified life coach and motivational speaker, and I'm here to help you unlock your true strength so you can create the life of your dreams. I teach you my best tips to master your mindset, create confidence, and empower yourself to take back your life. It's your time. This is the Mind and Body Strong Podcast. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast. I have Megan Bachman of Back and Forth here with me, and she is a holistic health coach, life coach, accountability coach, and motivational speaker, and she's a founder of Back and Forth. With, after working with, through a decade-long battle with yo-yo dieting, restrict binge eating habits, and an unhealthy relationship with exercise and her body, Megan is passionate about helping women align with their intuitive lifestyle and experiences and experience the ease, freedom, and joy of balanced nutrition, positive body image, and authentic confidence. She's super awesome, and she's also a close friend of mine, so I'm super happy to have you here, Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Katie. Yay, I'm so excited. And we were just having such a long, great conversation before this. And I think that really your story is going to hit home with so many listeners and they're going to really be able to see themselves in your story. So I'm really excited to get to know you more and well, all my listeners to get to know you and then just see all of the, the things that unfold and... I think it's going to be great. So tell us a little bit about you and your story and how you got into this whole coach world, intuitive eating, all that good stuff. Yeah, totally. Well, I love kind of going through my story because I feel like I almost learn something more about my story every time I tell it and I have these realizations because as we were just saying before this, like this whole thing, it's an ongoing process. So you continue to like uncover things about yourself that you didn't realize before. Um, but so with that said, I'll kind of dive in to the beginning of my story. Um, and I feel like our stories always start a little bit before we even think that they start. So like for me, even though I didn't I start dieting until my freshman or sophomore year of college, really my story started when dieting was something that was normal in my life growing up. I had a father who was constantly dieting. And so I was familiar with it. And so these things were, are, they were in my subconscious mind as like normal and okay. Um, and so like when I work with my clients, so much of it is changing our subconscious thoughts. It's changing the way that our brains are wired. So anyways, I'm going off on a tangent already here. But so, okay. So my whole story kind of, started my sophomore year of college. I was always a high school athlete and didn't really worry too much about my weight. And then I gained the freshman 15. Um, and I didn't really know what it meant to eat healthy when I was eating at a dining hall. Like I can remember eating a grilled cheese with caramelized onions and whatever and being like, great, like, let's keep going, call it a day. And, um, by my sophomore year of college, I was really trying to lose that freshman 15. And I remember eating oranges. Like every time I got hungry, I was like, well, I'll just eat an orange every time I get hungry. And then by junior year, I had, um, I had journals where I logged my calories and I logged the number of minutes that I was on each machine at the gym. So I had developed this really unhealthy relationship with exercise on top of it. Uh, 
which I think so many women do. It's like the combination of your relationship with food and exercise. Um, and so also during my junior year, and this is so much a part of my story is I got a prescription for Adderall and um, the reason I was able to get a prescription for Adderall is because I was diagnosed with a language processing disorder the summer after my senior year of high school. And let me, I'll tie that back in, make sure that I come back to that because that kind of like ties in the end of my story. But um, so I was on Adderall and then for the next 10 years until I was 29, which I still am now, almost 30, I used Adderall as an appetite suppressant. So I, during the week, would take it five to six times a week. And I knew that if I took that pill, then it would just not make me hungry for several hours. and would totally suppress my appetite. And then, of course, it would start wearing off at the end of the day. And then I'd start, I, that's, I always saved up. I always wanted like a big dinner. And then on Sundays, I wouldn't take it at all. And I would just like binge eat. And I'd sit there with my friends and just have a feast and just be like, I wish that we could just not do this. And it just fell out of control. And then the diet always started on Monday. Um, so during my 20s, I, in addition to like calorie counting, I did the whole low carb thing. I went vegan for eight months and I started that's actually how Bach and Forth originally started. It was an Instagram food blog and I was cooking vegan food all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I love vegetables in general. And so that aspect of it wasn't difficult for me. And then on top of that, when you're vegan, you're also eating a lot of grains and things like that. And for someone that was restricting carbs for so long, that was also super easy. So I'm like vegetable and carbs, like, great, this is awesome. But at the end of the day, when I reflect on that year, like this is a little TMI, but I was like the gassiest I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> like It was ridiculous. And that just goes to show it wasn't sitting well with my body, but I wasn't listening to my body. I was like, mesmerized by the fact that vegan is the way to live. And I had watched this documentary and I was just convinced that my insides were healthy. And so this is the way that I was going to live my life. And then slowly I started, the first thing I started craving were like eggs. So I started letting eggs in and then I slowly let things come back in. Um, and so after that whole vegan thing, I kind of, then I went on to keto um, and during that time, I was also enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I went to get my coaching certification. And so in March of 2018, I graduated and I was like, great, like, I'm so excited. I'm ready to start taking on clients. I work out all the time. I eat healthy, et cetera, et cetera. I want to like help coach people from a holistic perspective. So not just about food and exercise want to talk about what's going on in their relationships and their career, all these external factors that will impact your relationship with food and movement, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I decided that I wanted to start taking on clients, I was like, I felt like a fraud because I was like, how can I possibly start working with people when I have this secret magic pill in my back pocket that I'm taking to suppress my appetite? Like it just didn't feel authentic and real. And it felt like a lie. And so during the time that I was on the Adderall, I would go in like total ups and downs of getting to a place where I was like really happy with my body. Um, but it 
so quickly fill out. Like I'm saying I would maybe be there for like 10 days until I went and binged myself out of that. And so it never lasted. And so it was just a constant roller coaster. Um, and so the thought that I, the thought of going off of Adderall when I never reached my goal and state of my goal while on it felt terrifying. If I can't even reach it while I have it, this pill that helps me d get there, what's going to happen when I don't use it at all? And I was petrified of gaining all of this weight. And so that was like right at my 29th birthday. And I pretty much went cold turkey off of Adderall. And it was so emotional. I remember so specifically just like saying right after my birthday, like, I just have a feeling this is going to be a hard year. And um, I, there was one day where I literally couldn't even bring my, I was like out for a tiny bit with my friends. And I just had like an emotional breakdown. I like had to go home because I was like, I can't even have fun. Like, I'm just not happy. I don't feel good in my body. And it was just constantly a mind game. Um, and like so much body dysmorphia, I think our brain just plays such games with us when we let it. And so half of the process around healing your relationship with food and exercise is yes, taking like physical action steps, but it's, I'd say it's 50, 50, if not more your mindset, it's like your thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and those things we've trained our brain to have these thoughts and it's hard to retrain it. Like I always tell my clients, 95% of our daily thoughts are our subconscious and only 5% is our, our conscious thoughts that like we can try to change the way we think. And the fact that we function off of that 95% just goes to show how hard it is to make such conscious decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's where my healing process began. I was like, I essentially needed to do this in order to follow a passion of mine and feel authentic and real and feel like I was able to relate to some of the struggles that people that I was going to be working with were dealing with. Um, and so in that healing process, I also, I hired a intuitive eating coach and she was also simultaneously my business coach and um i'd say one of the like the most impactful tools for me was getting rid of the scale which for somebody that got on the scale nearly every single morning and put so much of their self-value and self-worth that day into that number this was top of the list things that I feel like people need to do if they want to heal their relationship with food in their body, because it's just plays into the mind game. And so I got rid of the scale. I put it up in my closet and I didn't go on it for three months. And yes, I had moments where I wanted to and all of that. But when I ended up moving out of that apartment, I put it on the street and I haven't weighed myself in, I guess it's coming up on a year now, which is wild. Um, but so yeah, so I got rid of my scale. I hired an intuitive eating coach. And then the other main thing is you just have to eat. You have to just let yourself eat the foods that you have like deemed bad and show yourself that it's not going to, at least in my case, it didn't change things that it didn't, like my body just wanted to be at a certain size. And while it might not have been the 10 pounds less that I always wanted to be, 
it's not, I can eat freely and I can go out and enjoy time with my friends and my family and not be the one that's like so in my head obsessed with the food in the room and like restricting. And I just went from a place of thinking about food and exercise all the time and letting it dictate so much of my everyday life to just enjoying my life and eating these things and realizing that it wasn't gonna like impact my happiness once I started eating them. And it's not all, I will say, I feel like me talking through all of this, it sounds like, oh, it was so easy, but it is something that like I still work through. Like changing our thoughts on a daily basis. If we do have the thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have that. No, if I really, if I really want that food, go and have it. Like, and it's, it's just an ongoing process to get over such a long habit, long time habit of restricting. Um, it's detrimental to like your, not only your body, but your mind. And it's, it, I love that you said mind games. Cause that's how I felt like in my journeys as well. And it's funny. I grew up with a lot of dieting um, around me as well. My mom was always on a diet, Weight Watchers. Um, I found pills in the cabinet at one point and I was like, what is this? And, but I always knew like in the back of my mind that this was not the solution. So I really didn't even go on my first diet until after college when I deemed like, this is like, I don't have school as an excuse anymore. I better just lose some weight finally. And that's really where it started for me. So like I was really exposed to the dieting culture, just like you were. And it's, it's crazy. Like your mindset around food and your body really can dictate a lot of, you know, how, how you start to relate to those things. And and I used to think that everyone thought as much about their body and food as I did. And totally. And I still think a ton of, and you're like, until you eat, meet people who like, don't think about it all the time. You're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know it's crazy. And I think like our society just normalizes it so much. Yeah. Like people just, you, everybody you talk to is on a diet. It -hmm. feels like. Well, and you really realize it too, when you decide to not and start to listen to your body cues, like your own internal body cues and then you really realize everyone around you talking about, oh, I just need to lose five pounds or I just need to stop eating bread and like whatever it is that day. And always saying like, I shouldn't have that. I can't have that. Or that looks so good, but I can't have that. And it's just like creating all of this like crazy restriction around like, you know, silly little things. And I think what's, what was so powerful for me is like when I actually allowed myself to have all the foods then I realized I didn't want all of those foods because they didn't even taste good. Exactly. Oh my God. It's so, it's the craziest feeling when you, when you give yourself permission, how much you just stop caring. Yeah. Like it's, that's, that's another part of it. It's just like, okay, you can have this. Oh, but I actually don't really want it that bad. And it's like, it just, even today I was like going to the grocery store, walking around and just telling myself, all right, you can have whatever you want here you want some Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you can totally have some. If you want some like candy from the candy aisle, go for it. But like, I was walking by it and I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. Like, at least not today. Like there's definitely times where I buy those items and I enjoy them fully and they're great. But today it was just, 
I was listening to my body and I really wanted some of those pre-made chopped salad bags with all the mixings and some hard boiled eggs. And like, that's what I decided to get Cheerios and some bananas. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking today also, like with this quarantine, I ended up buying like a bunch of things that would just like last in my cupboard for a while. And like one of the things was mac and cheese. And I literally just like, I have no desire to have it like and it's sitting here I can have it and it's just that whole yeah. thing with permission but yeah I totally agree I feel like on that's the other big thing or the big shift was starting to ask my body mm-hmm. what it wanted because we're so conditioned to being on some certain like food plan like okay this is what I'm having for breakfast this is what I'm having for lunch snack dinner or maybe your intermittent fasting or whatever it is and you're using your mind or you're using somebody else's formula to tell your body what to eat that day and you don't even take into consideration what it's actually craving yeah it's crazy when you start when you sit there and you actually treat your body like it's the boss of you because it really should be our bodies are way smarter than whatever diet somebody else told us to do like our bodies know what they need and so if they're craving protein it's gonna be like oh I want some chicken or whatever it is or if it wants carbs or sugar or greens like it literally it it's like oh okay that's what I'm in the mood for and Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm forcing myself to have a salad it's like oh I genuinely want this and And what a difference that is because what what kind of conversations did you have with yourself before you went through this healing process? Say you were eating pizza with friends and you were on this diet, like compared to now, if you were to have something that you would consider quote unquote, a treat or cheat meal back in the day. Yeah. I mean, back then, gosh, I felt so guilty. Um, I always felt food guilt and I actually in college, I would eat my roommate's food and then have to like go replace it because it was food that I would never let myself buy myself. Um, I also, this is probably also TMI, but open book here. I smoked weed in college and I, this was like during the phase where I um, would keep track in my um, journals what I ate and some days you would see like because I, I would write out the calories next to each of them and on the days that I smoked it would be like Oreos Easy Mac like just like an endless list of things that I just like binge ate and went crazy on and I would still keep track of them because I was just like obsessive over, over it and then I would put like an S and circle it so that I knew that that was like a day that I had smoked it was like <laughs> so sick um and how honest you were with yourself though <laughs> I know gosh but now it's just like if I want the pizza I'll have the pizza if I want the pasta I'll have the pasta and it's not a big deal and it's also like you another part of listening to your body not just the type of food but like it's not like you're famished and you feel like you want to eat everything on the plate every single time it's like sometimes you're just full and you want to stop And I'll never, another thing that I um, focus on when I'm working with my clients is going back and recognizing like those triggers and the um, stories that like, we'll never forget that will always go through your mind. So like with body image for me, it's like, 
oh, you got to do something about that cottage cheese referring to like my cellulite on the back of my legs. And so, and um, like people, even the good things that people would say like, oh, you have an amazing, you have amazing legs. And then the second one, I thought I didn't have amazing legs anymore. Like all I could focus on was getting back to those legs because that's what I felt like was, that's why, where I thought my value was. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, it just felt freeing. And I'll also never forget this one time I was out to eat with two of my best friends and one of their boyfriends. And I had kind of sucked one of my best friends into this, into my dieting world. And she would kind of like go on the journey with me, like whatever it was that I was doing, she would kind of be like, oh, okay, like I'll try that out with you. And this was somebody who was petite and literally had never dieted in her entire life. And so I still to this day tell her, I'm like, I feel guilty that I feel like I sucked you into this world. But our other friends were out to brunch and she's like, oh, Megan and blah, blah, blah. Let's just say Susie, for example. They're not even fun to go out to eat with. Like all they do is like focus on getting the healthiest thing on the menu and, or just like being, or like kind of having a judging eye about what everybody else is getting. And she was right. Like she was so right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how you said like the food judger, because I was the food judger for sure. Yeah. And that's why it was, I was always anxious going out to eat and I love eating out because I love trying new foods. Um, And I was that food judger too, because, and mostly for myself, because I was a health coach and a personal trainer, even as I was going through disordered eating and like really disordered thoughts about my body and and exercise. And whenever I was out to eat with, especially people who were in the boot camp that I was teaching, I thought for sure, like they were going to judge me on anything that I ate, whether it's like, oh, of course you're eating the healthy thing because you're a health coach or, oh my gosh, you're eating that. You know, and right. I was petrified because I already in my, in my mind felt like a, an imposter because of all the things going on in my head. Like I knew I wasn't healthy, but no, everyone else thought I was like spot on doing great, but I was like dying inside. Right. And no one knew. It's so true. And it's like, you're more sick by like the mental stuff than you are by the actual food that you're eating. Like I remember seeing that somewhere and not really buying into it, being like thinking that um, you're stressing, the stress that you have about food is worse for you than actually just eating the food. And I actually do buy into that now. (laughs) Like it really. Yeah, absolutely. And I have seen in my, in my own journey, like a lot worse effects of losing the weight, gaining it back, losing more, gaining more. And like this weight cycling effect that I went through is honestly, and the studies will show this, especially if you read books like health at every size or the fuck it diet, the fuck it diet, um, really great studies that they share in there about the effects of weight cycling on your health and how that's actually worse than staying at a quote unquote heavier BMI, which BMI I think is bullshit. So it's a bad yeah. example. But um, if you actually just stay at a heavier weight and just stay constant at that weight, it's actually better for your health than weight cycling. Yeah, because going up and down also like doesn't it? It's like destroys your metabolism. It does. Yeah. And like the, all the hormones that tell you that you're hungry or full ghrelin and leptin, 
they don't function properly anymore when you're constantly starving yourself and then binging, starving, like your body needs time to heal. And I think that's part of our job as coaches is, and I'd love to hear your view on this, when we bring people into this world of intuitive eating and listening to their bodies, and I'm no longer telling them what to eat, it's, it's hard to tell them, hey, you know, there is actually no timeline with this. This is not like a 30, 60, 90-day program. Your healing might take a year. It might take two years because I don't know what you've been through and what's going on. And for me, it was like I stopped binge eating in two weeks, but then the healing process, like through exercise and body image, took probably up until now, like where I sit today, to where yeah. I'm finally on to like consistently working out again and healing that. So I'd love to hear like your process of really helping people grasp onto this lifestyle and, and really stick with it. Being yeah. I tell my clients the same thing. Like there's no, there's not necessarily a timeline. Um, I think that often if you've been restricting for a longer period of time, then it might take longer to, but the sooner what I'm pretty positive about is that, at least in my experience, the sooner that you just let yourself eat the things and just start giving yourself full permission, the quicker that you see a change and you stop thinking about food. And it just it becomes, it becomes such a back burner in your life. Like, and then you start putting your time and energy into things that like actually bring you joy. And so... Yeah, I mean, I also think it's important for people to realize that um, we just kind of need to, we're always striving to reach this certain kind of body. Yeah. Um, everyone wants to change something. There's always the last five pounds or even people that you might think like love their body because they are so tiny and thin, like they have their body image issues also. Like everybody has their thing. And it is, it's just society telling us that we like what looks beautiful. And if we're gonna constantly, if you wanna be changing your body, you're gonna end up spending your entire life trying to change your body. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna spend decades destroying your metabolism and doing all these things. And it's gonna be more detrimental. So I, I'm like, once I learn something and I wake up to something, I'm just like, I want to shake everybody. I'd be like, read this book. Like, don't read the bucket diet because I don't want you to like ruin your metabolism and do all these things that like are going to be irreversible, like all these years later. And it's just sad to me. Um, and to see people struggling because I think what came from me, like the biggest thing is that like, I found myself after learning how to eat intuitively and stop caring so freaking much about food. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love food. I'm like a total foodie. I think I always will be, mm -hmm. but I'm not obsessive about it the way that I was. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much more to life than to be looking at the restaurant menu before you even go so that you can make sure that you have a grasp on the healthiest thing that you can get or keeping track of what you want to have that day in your phone notes obsessively and yeah. just there's so much more out there and that is the mission behind the work that I do is like not just being free from the thoughts but 
so many other doors open up once you free yourself from those. Like there's so much more space for, there's so much more space for genuine, joyful activities. And um, I think even like my family and friends noticed the change in me because I was able to show up better for them and listen better and not be so in my own world because it just sucks you in. And I also looping back to um, my learning disability and something that I kind of just realized in the past, I guess I've only, I started this process a year ago. So this has been even more of a recent realization is how much I based my confidence off of how, off of my appearance, because I never felt smart enough because I, that's kind of why I got tested because I, in high school, I always, I was always a B student. I was fine, but I wasn't like, I just never felt as smart compared to some of my friends. And in reality, I just learned differently. Um, and while I did, again, did fine in college, I'm not a textbook smart kind of person. I've always been more of a street smart kind of person. I like going deep with people. I like getting emotional. I'm way more emotionally intelligent than I am book smart. And so once I was able to learn that about myself within the past year and find my own curiosities and actually start reading books because I found the thing that like lit me up. And so then I wanted to read the books. Like I found my confidence finally and I didn't have to put so much of it into my appearance because a lot of my like dieting and self-confidence came from the thought that like if I looked a certain way then I'd be able to meet guys and like yeah that was so much of my motivation um and funny enough I don't I don't have as much of an interest in that as I should and I'm more confident than ever and um and my body like like I said like I could be 10 pounds heavier and I'm a million times happier and that's like at the end of the day that's everything it's everything yeah. so I just kind of wrote down some different things because you actually answered the question I was going to ask you, which is all the things that you've gained. Because I think a lot of people, when they hear about intuitive eating, like there is, you know, three things that can happen when you learn to trust your body with food. You either gain weight, you stay the same, or you lose weight. Like there's just, those are the three things that could happen when you open up to this experience of actually allowing your body to be in control, like you were saying earlier. And I was going to ask you, what are the things that you've gained outside of you know, maybe a little weight, which, you know, some of us gain. And you kind of answered that perfectly. You were saying you show up for your family more and they've noticed you've gained confidence. You appreciate your ability to have that emotional intelligence and connection with people that you detached your worth from your body image. Like that's huge. And you kept mentioning space. And I completely agree with that because when we're spending all our time, like you said, in your phone, typing calories and meals and looking up menus and stuff and weighing yourself and all these crazy things that go on your head when you're in diet culture. Just think of all the time and space and energy that you have when you don't have to worry about that anymore. And you can just, you can show up anywhere and trust that your body will guide you. Totally. Oh my gosh. It's, you don't even realize it. You don't, I think that's the hardest and most frustrating thing as a coach is the fact that Unless I was going into this profession, I don't, I think I'd still be stuck 
because I wouldn't have necessarily had the reason to do it. You don't really know what freedom feels like until you experience it, right? Like you don't know that what you're doing is, you don't know that there's another way unless you stumble across one of us intuitive eating coaches like on the webs or someone tells you about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this stuff kind of starts spreading and more people hear it. But then the other hardest part about it or one of the biggest challenges is that it is so scary to just let yourself do it. Yeah. And people don't want to, people don't want to let go of the control, but it's just like, you have to, it's like any hard thing in life in order to like reap the rewards, you have to go through like hard stuff. And, but it's so much easier on the other side. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you said you mentioned the hard parts and like going through those obstacles and challenges to get to the other side. And my dad made an analogy this morning when I was talking to him about some of this stuff. And he mentioned, you know, when there's a crack in something, if you picture like a crack in a wall or something, that's where, where, that's where the new knowledge can flow. Otherwise, if you, if you're trying to fill a full cup, you're not going to really get anywhere. But if, if that crack happens and the water starts draining there's all of a sudden this room for like your evolution to grow and for new, new beginnings to start. And I look back on my life and all of those things I deemed in the moment, really stressful, hard, awful times. I look back now and have these realizations, like these images of just how all of those things have been for a reason and brought me to where I'm at. Like even my dieting portion of my life. I am thankful for that. I'm thankful for the weight I've gained because it's brought me to this place now where I feel so connected to myself. Mm -hmm. 100%. I agree. I totally agree. Another thing that just came to mind was like, I think what holds people back so much is the fear of judgment. At least that was definitely for me, like judgment of my friend's judgment of my from my family or from these people like scared that they're gonna not not necessarily not love me but like just see me differently and um judge me by the weight that I gained and that also went hand in hand with like me healing my relationship with exercise um I've always been a runner and so whenever I'd be down on the trail, I'd get nervous. I, or I wouldn't get nervous, but I never wanted to walk because I didn't want the people on the trail to judge me and be like, oh, she, I don't even know what I thought they were going to think because no one cares mm-hmm. what you're doing. People are just doing what feels good for them. And nobody else, nobody else cares. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's also when that is part of the fear, I think it's important to bring friends and family in on this stuff and make it, at least that's what I did. I was kind of like, listen, I'm working on healing my relationship with food. Like I was very candid and open about it. And so that, I mean, that was for my own ego so that I knew that, that, so that I knew that they knew that I was doing this and that might be so that I had a reason that like, if I was gaining weight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, total ego thing but I think when you are going through such a drastic change and something so emotional it's helpful to have people on your side and have them acknowledge and say we support you and we just want you to be happy and all of that so yeah I'm having like 
people in your corner and support system. And this is not eat. This is even beyond like body image and food, just anything you're trying to make a change in. It's, it's great to have someone who people that support you, but then also mentors that have been there and done that and can walk you through the fire because they've been through it and they know all the challenging things that stand ahead and they're willingly going to go through that with you. And like, I know that was a big transformation for me. Like when I, I read all of the tools I could and, and got some healing, but then there came to a point where I was like, there's still more healing to be done. And that's when I started having like my intuitive eating coach who really helped me. And it was just so like, it's, it's such a healing process in all aspects. I think that's what I've come to realize about intuitive eating is it's not just most people think of it about it as it's just to eat whatever you want, or it's the hunger fullness diet. And that's completely not true. It's definitely about food and health and all of that, but it's also about this continuous heal healing process that happens in every aspect of your life, your relationships, yourself, your like relationship with, I don't even know your career. Like you just start opening up everything and you're like, Whoa, there's, there's all these things and you're always touching something new and like healing that and going back and rechecking in. And it's like a continuous process. It's not like you just get to a point and there you are and everything's good for the rest of your life. Like, no, it's just accepting all the good and bad and just maneuvering your way through it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Ups and downs. Lots of ups and downs. Lots of ups and downs. Well, I love it. Your story is incredible. And I love all the good stuff that you just gave us and all the things you shared about what this healing process has helped you gain. So any last takeaways, especially for people out there who might be kind of on the fence about looking into intuitive eating or even working with a coach, um, any kind of words of advice? One of the things I love about going off and kind of doing this entrepreneurial journey is the amount of time that you then have to just like constantly be coming up with ideas. Like it created like a, like I found my creative side throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during, when you just asked me if I had any other thoughts, I had an idea and I was like, I hadn't thought about this before, but you know how people get so hyped up around diets. It's like, okay, let's try the keto diet together. Or let's, let's come up with this workout plan. And every, and you get so excited and inevitably nobody ever lasts on it ever. I don't, I like, don't think I've ever heard of anybody that's consistently stayed on a diet in their entire life and like hit the results that they wanted and just like life is good. Yeah. It, it's unheard of. And I think it would be so cool for a group of women or anybody to get together and be like, all right, let's do this intuitive eating thing. We're scared. We might gain some weight, but you know what, if we gain weight, we're going to gain it together. And I think people would just start to realize that like they built this community of support. They all have each other's back and if, and they would do it and they'd realize how much freedom that they just gain instantly from it. Yeah. And I wish there was some way that we could push that messaging out there and get more people to jump on this intuitive eating train because mm-hmm. it is truly life changing. And I just hope people, my biggest suggestion if people just want to learn more about it is go read the fuck it diet book by caroline duner i feel like he's straight up she's got she's humorous and so funny yeah or follow her on instagram she's hysterical yeah i love her i think that she 
worked magic with that book. Like it just helps feeling so heard. And I feel like the second I read that book, I was like, she called me out on my shit. She was like, and then you start the intuitive eating diet. Cause when I first started doing intuitive eating, I did, I kind of fell back into that diet mentality and I'd be like, me too. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to listen to my body so well this week. And right. I'm like, and then when you like start doing that and she says that in the book, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I did start doing that again. I was like, no, just eat. And like yesterday I was like the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Like I just kept going back and I was just still hungry. And that's the other thing that I hope people know is like diets tend to have you on like such a structure where it's like, okay, you can have X number of calories a day, or you can have this food, this food, and this food. And every day is different. Like your body doesn't need the same exact thing every day. Some days you're exerting more energy and you need more, or sometimes you're just, or hormones. There's so many things that play into it. And so, and we can't, we, unless you're, unless you go to school for this stuff and you know it, like, just let your body be the, be the boss. Let your body be the genius behind it and listen to it because it knows where you naturally want to be. So, um, I encourage people to try it out. And as we've said, it's an emotional roller coaster. and having my, um, intuitive eating coach with me to push me to get rid of the scale. Like, I think I cried in like every single one of our sessions because it is so emotional. Like you definitely need some sort of support system whether that's friends, family, a coach, whoever, or just, uh, there's like tons of resources out there. So, um, yeah, I just hope that, I hope that we can see a world without diets someday because yeah, they're people just they're, work on emotional healing and like, you know, so many other things that like really matter. Yeah. They're stealing lives. So, love it. <laughs> yeah. so drastic here. I get so <laughs> passionate about it. No, I love it. I love your passion. It's, it speaks through your story and everything you have to share and definitely need to go check out Megan on her Instagram page and where else can they come find you and learn about your coaching? Yeah. So I'm mostly, you'll see me on Insta stories at back and forth. Um, and then I, my website is meganbachman.com. Megan with an H. <laughs> awesome. I love yeah. it. We're definitely going to give um, all of the details to all of Megan's um, social media platforms and offers and things that she has in the bio. So make sure to go check her out. Give her a follow on Instagram. She's always doing grocery hauls and sharing all kinds of healthy stuff and just fun, fun stuff and good knowledge and great energy. So I love it. Yes. Well, I also forgot to mention, if any of your listeners are interested, I can give them a discount on one of my starter kits, um, which yes. are on the work with me section of my website. So feel yes. free to reach out and happy to do that. So. Yes. Yeah, so we'll put, we'll put a little, a little thing in the, the bio and then you can definitely reach out to Megan and, and talk to her about her. It's like a discovery session, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clarity sessions, which I absolutely love. They're so fun. They are so. so fun. They open up so many opportunities and doors and just help you to like really dream big and, and see what the vision is like, what's really possible for you. And totally. I know Megan's going to guide you through that and just, it's going to be great. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. 
Thank you, Katie. It's always so fun chatting with you. You're, the, you're always coaching me, girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. You are what makes this movement and message possible. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend, a coworker, a family member, or take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform and tag Mind and Body Strong. To learn more about coaching and courses to help you take your journey to the next level, visit mindandbodystrong.com.